let's 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 get into it. Hang on. Oh shit! Oh, <laughs> Good start. No, I didn't, even, I didn't even notice he wasn't there. <laughs> We're gonna we we say we have to swear last first first word on the on the podcast. Oh shit! <laughs> Sorry about that. I knocked something. Down. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Turin Giants podcast episode number 159. I'm your host on loan, Sam Adamo of the Cultural Podcast. You can get at me on Twitter at Cultural Podcast. I'm joined by my two handsome and powerful co-hosts, Matt Cocoluto on Twitter at Matt Coco and Giovanni, last name anonymous on Twitter at Joe Turin Giants. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Hey, what's up? Giovanni's got a mic. So um, we're, we're, we're hoping that's the first step in the right direction. Um, we're not sure if it's going to solve the issue of, of, of him just, just fading, fading into oblivion every time I talk over him, which is often more than I should, um, granted. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. This, is, this could be revolutionary for the, uh, for the audio experience of this podcast. Listeners, welcome. It's, uh, it's been a great week. For, uh, for the Juve community, Juventini have every right to be very happy with how things have gone the past seven days. Uh, and we'll, we'll have a fun time getting into it, I think, man. Uh, you can get at us on Twitter at Turin Giants and at Juve Podcast. We are on Instagram at Turin Giants and at Turin Giants Podcast. Check us out at TurinGiants.com. Check out our apparel line. We've got some beautiful, uh, beautiful streetwear. Um, Claudio Marchisio and... Uh, Alessandro Del Piero both feature on a couple of a uh, couple of shirts that Farhad's put together with some really cool designers. Definitely do check that out. Uh, okay, guys, what do we think? Uh, win a Bologna on the weekend and uh, just smoked Spal in the Coppa Italia. Uh, yes, yes, yes. We we did play at home. Thank you, Joe. Um, but uh, what do we what do we think, man? It was a, it was a good weekend overall with Milan and Inter both dropping points. And now we're, uh, we're facing off against Inter in the Coppa Italia next week, just a week and a half after dropping to them in, uh, in the Lega last week. Where, uh, where are your minds at? Is that at? who we play? Yeah, man. Yes. Yeah, they beat Milan yesterday, and we're, we're playing them in the semifinal. Correct, yes. In, in yeah, no that's legs. No. <laughs> that's Why annoying. is that a Because I'd rather not play them, honestly. It's just such a bother because there's so it just there's like so much buildup psychologically, the fans and everything, and you know it's a weird year, right? There's still pandemic times and whatnot, and I, I just honestly, normally I'm the guy that's like everybody needs to play and go kick ass and all three fronts, but now I'm like, mm, you know. I'd rather I'd rather you guys focus on Champions League and Serie A. Please don't get anybody injured. And I'm not saying that like all of a sudden Pirlo is gonna go start, you know, all of the starters. And I don't think Conte will either. But you know, I'd be surprised if he like didn't. Every loss. Pardon me. I'd be surprised if he didn't. I'd be surprised if he didn't. You go think away. he's gonna he's gonna load it up? Maybe I do. I don't think he wants to lose the Coppa Italia. It's Inter Man. It's, you're getting to the semifinal now. I, I I really I really do think so. I'm sorry I interrupted you just after I said I do that too much. You were talking about the loss. I know. Don't worry about it. Uh, but yeah, no, that's the only thing. I, I thought we were playing somebody else. I don't know. I, anyways, it, it is what it is. You got to go in, play 90 minutes. You know, hopefully you win. Um. Yeah. I mean, I've, I I was like, my head has been primarily on 
the, the, the Champions League, right? And how we can like climb up back into the, you know, at least top two spots in Serie A. And the more time passes by, the more I look at five games and my, my blood just, just my, my blood pressure just skyrockets. It's the Lazio game. It's uh, at least maybe not the Atalanta game because Atalanta, you know, they're just they're the crazy person you don't want to meet on the street randomly. Mm-hmm. And they've also not lost uh, the City A for eleven games, Crotone. and we caught Pardon them on me? that. Hot. They've also not lost the City A game for eleven matches, and we caught them. Sure, sure, and and again, as I said, hot, they're you know? like they're like that person that you just you just don't want to mess around with. You just like you just let them do their thing. So otherwise, it's Crotone, Benevento, and Verona, right? That's six points, and then all of a sudden you're back in the top two, and then let's jam in Lazio. That's that's eight points that you'd have extra with one game in hand against Napoli. You, you could like, be forgiven for drawing Lazio or for drawing Atalanta. It's the draws. It's no. The, how can you, no, Verona, no, 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 no. It's the draw to Benevento. Get, it's the draw to Crotone. That that, that, no, that the Lazio one though no, really hurts. Dude, 95th minute. Yeah. I, I no, that was infuriating. But but tell me, but you know, tell me in the month of September that at one point in the season we will tie Lazio, and and again, circumstances aside, I mean, you look at it and say, okay, it's 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 a result that might happen. Tell me that you're going to lose to Fiorentina during the year, and I might think, okay, well, that's more problematic. You know what I mean? My, you I, always get slapped once in a while by these stupid teams. Because I mean, even with the year that we won the Scudetto, when the, went to the Champions League and all this stuff, we, we you know. We, who did we lose to that was like, we're like, why? Why? Like, I think was it like, I think it was Fiorentina maybe as well. Like, I mean, these ones, you, you chalk up two losses. But at the end of the day is these, these stupid points that you will regret. Because imagine getting to May and all of a sudden, it, it's like, let, let's be optimistic. Let's say it's neck and neck. And you're there between one to two points and you're stressing. And you maybe let's be extra optimistic, and maybe you're playing for some silverware in Europe. Now you got to juggle two big things. Won't you look back and then say, "Man, we 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 maybe should have not played like idiots against these teams, right?" Well, and I hear that's you. That's the only thing. I hear you. But look, we're we're doing we're doing these pods on an almost weekly basis now, and I think all we can look back on is. Is, is 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 the recent action since we last spoke i don't think we need to have an existential you know negative discussion um you know i don't think we have to have an existential crisis every week now i think we just have to we have to we have to discuss how things are going right now and project based on that and in some way it leads to it leads to you know it leads to uh, to discussion that might be that might be a little bit over you know overblown right you know, focusing focusing on something that happened very recently. I, I I understand that it's good to keep a you know a more broad focus on 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 our chances in the league going going forward. And it's normal to look back at at at, at the results that we're pissed off about. I mean, the Lazio results still burns my ass, but I think th- th- there's no there's no point in lamenting it every single week. Now, you know, we 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 know where we have to go henceforth and and that's it listen um giovanni you are the realist on this podcast so that's 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 okay we were joking before about 
about as you were setting your mic up uh, about about how you're about your how you're about how you're the grandfather on this podcast. Uh, so it's okay. You're uh, you're 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 our resident grumpy old nonno, and that's that's more than all right. I I'm a little more optimistic, man. I'm I actually like how in the Coppa Italia you you get these huge matchups, kind of you know just serendipitously. I don't know where Matt. I don't know if you. I don't know if you share that sentiment, but I thought it was kind of cool. We had a derby, derby della Madonnina yesterday between Milan and Inter, and now we're playing Inter in a week. Uh, you know, big games. It's what you expect. It's what you like to see in a cup competition. Yeah, I think in a normal year, I so I agree a little bit with Gio on the fact that we have a very condensed schedule and we have massive matchups coming up, and we're going to see this team stretched. No, we're going to see, have to see how, where their value is in the, in the depth of it. Because after Sampdoria, we have Inter, Roma, Inter, Napoli, Porto in, you know, that's two weeks games. So, so, so we're recording this on the 27th of, uh, of January. So, um, by the way, happy birthday to Gianluigi Buffon who turns 40. Three tomorrow, I want to say. I think he turns 43. He's born in 78. Yeah, fuck me. He's gonna be 43 years old. He played today in the in the in the matchup against Spal. God bless. But um, yeah, look, we're coming in, we're coming in hot to a very uh, a very important stretch of the schedule. I think that's one thing that we're gonna that we're gonna have to that we're gonna have to be mindful of going forward now is that we've got Porto coming up in a couple of weeks. Actually, Giovanni, you were talking about how you're focused on the Champions League, and I was thinking, bah, whatever, man. We're in January. Champions League's not for a long time. Fuck me, it's in two weeks. Yeah, in two weeks. Um, so that'll be interesting. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be, uh, it'll be a banana skin of a game too, and we'll we'll talk about it as 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 the result, as the result, as the game looms, and as the result, uh, as the result is in the books, but. I think that could be one of those one of those games where yes, on paper we're going to be favored, but once you get to the Champions League knockout round, and you're fit and you're facing relative, you know, opposition of a relative quality, it's it's always going to be it's always going to be a pain in the ass, especially with the complex that we've shown at times the past couple of years, um, and the inconsistent the inconsistency in going on a long run or you know going out to a side that we're obviously superior to on paper. That's 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 so that's that's one thing that we definitely can't ignore. Squad depth is going to be super important, but I do want to focus on. Uh, the, the 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 week that was, um, some some kind of transfer news and a couple of couple of maybe takeaways from the two games, the Bologna game at the weekend, and the Spal game. And also, we we don't we also the Napoli game too. We we, we haven't talked since then, so the and Supercopa. That's true. That's we true. found out when that game is because I still don't know when uh, we're playing. No, the, no I don't think know? that one's still TBD. I believe the second. The, oh, okay. It's supposed to be uh, according, yeah, according to Google, it's it's coming, it's coming up a few days before the Porto game. So on the thirteenth of February is when we're supposed to play. It's not. Uh, no, that's the original. That's, so bring it. I think. That, I mean, what I that is that is actually the reverse fixture, right? That's yeah. the reverse fixture on the schedule that we would have played them. Uh, that we would have played them in anyway, if they yeah. actually show, if you know, assuming they show up, to, assume, assuming they show up to their own stadium. Um, but yeah, so 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 that's got to be slotted in somewhere. One thing that I was discussing this on my pod the other day. One thing that we always tend to do as as football fans is we see a game in hand, which which we can't ignore. Let's let's kind of take a second to acknowledge where we're at in the table right now after the weekend. Again, it was very encouraging. We won, and Inter and Milan both dropped points, so we're currently six points behind first place with a game in hand on Milan. So if we do win, we'll be uh, excuse me, we're uh, we're seven points back on Milan. Not a math guy. So if we do win, we'll be within four points. And uh, you know we still have to play manageable, season. very manageable, exactly. But one, one and a half we, games, exactly. But one thing we tend to do as fans is we see a game in hand and we assume, well, 
just add three points to your to your tally on the table. I mean, Napoli are no slouches. They're going to be really motivated, especially well, one they always are to play us, and two we beat them in a cup in a cup tie now. Uh, yeah. So that, that's going to be a tough match. That's going to be a tough match. But yeah, so no. we, we 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 played them really well last week, though. We played them really well last week. That was a super exciting game. One of the most exciting games of the season for a game that reflects two nothing Juve. I thought it was much more nerve wracking, and I was you know. Had the bell butterflies in my stomach the whole game. It was one of those games where I thought, even before the Insigne PK, where I just thought, you know, this is the type yes. of game where Juve takes their foot off the pedal and you just watch a barrage of shots and props to Chesney. He was great in that game. Um, and then that PK happened and I was like, oh, great. So here we go. He's missed and a number of penalties. Again. He has. Yes. Yes, he has. Three or four now? Yeah. Um, so, and he's a clinical player. But it was, it was a great game. And, and we talked about this last in the last pod. How are they going to respond coming out of the, the loss to Inter? And that was a great response. It, I, I personally, I think I tweeted about this, that I don't love the Supercopa as the middle of the season game. I don't think it has as much of importance as opposed to starting the year off as sort of that first official game. But it clearly meant something to the players, especially the players who haven't won trophies, like seeing – Kiesa and Kulishevsky and McKenney hold it up. Um, Think about how wild that is. Yeah. All the like, all these kids, the first trophy they ever win. Lads, listen, you know as, as much as we compl- as much as we complain, it's welcome, welcome to the welcome to the welcome to the big boys, buddy. There's 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 plenty more where those came from. Right. So watching the game today, I was looking and I'm like, you know, there were there were a couple of vets on the team, but starting, it was literally kids and their chaperone Buffon, just there making sure they weren't causing any trouble. Gra- the grandfather, the Delete, Demiral, they're all under 23 years old. And so Sfrabotta, the entire back line was, was incredibly young. Uh, Frabotta I- plays in between, he's not in the back line. So, anyways, oh, Frabotta scored today. Frabotta did have a very good game. He actually, he actually did have a very good game. I believe he had 75 pass accuracy and uh, obviously a goal, a nice, a nice, a nice rocket of a, a rocket of a one touch, uh, one touch finish from outside the box, outside the foot too. A little deflection on it, but very satisfying when you get the outside the foot shot that's got a little mustard on it, a low drive, but it's off the ground. It's it's incredibly satisfying. Incredibly. Can we, satisfying. Can we talk about what you just said there, though. Outside the box, we do we not talk about this a couple weeks ago. Taking shots outside the box. Atour in the in the league game at the weekend scored from outside the box because it took a deflection. This goal outside the box took a deflection, goes in the net. You shoot from outside the box, you might get a deflection, and it might go in the net. I was so I'm yeah. so happy with this right now. Like just yeah 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 100. I'm not saying they should just give the green light always, but Thank you for shooting people. Yeah, Rabio is starting to do what he wants to. He's and he's out of all of them, he's the one that like has a better shot. Otherwise, everybody else, I'm just like, what is going on? Like, do you guys not do you guys not practice this? Like, do you guys not practice shooting from outside the box? My mind wow. went to my mind went to Arthur shooting outside the box. Also, again, we're all over the place talking about Napoli, Spal, and Bologna. I think that's 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 fine. There were three games in the last week, two midweek games. So, pardon uh, pardon us. We we don't have one big game. I guess we want to really zero in on. So it'll be a little bit all over the place. If you think that makes it, I think I think I believe a listener a couple of weeks ago said we sounded like we had no coherent thoughts and we're just like a bunch of guys rambling up on coke all night. Which Domani said, "I wish." No, but, that uh, wasn't. 
Oh, yeah, no, that was a long but, time ago. It wasn't last week, but it was a few yeah, weeks I mean, ago, but yeah, the, the, I, this, 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 there's a risk. This, there, there's a chance that we may that we may wind up going down that path again. So apologies to any listeners that want salient, thought out, structured uh, podcast to listen to. It's clear that that's not the it, direction we're going in. But I mean, Arthur shooting outside the box got me thinking exactly what we discussed recently, which is that we're not taking enough chances outside the box. And it was great to see him start kind of as a, kind of as a pivot, the one pivot um, ahead of the defenders. He was kind of the guy that was recouping the balls, turning, moving up with it. He's competent enough to, to carry the ball out the back. And he was making the first pass, which is where I think he has to be. So he won't score often, but the fact that he did, I think will be very good for his confidence. Yeah. He's, he's definitely not there to score, but, but here's the thing though, right? Like for, being the seventh, like the big, the big ticket buy. He he does, what he does, he does very well, but he doesn't do much, right? Can we say he's a little one-dimensional? So he's not he a needs, hard tackling midfielder. He's a very, yeah, he's a very. And that's fine, but but he needs midfielder, yeah. But he needs a supporting cast. He's not, he's not the star. He needs a supporting cast and he needs somebody with, and he needs people that are complementary to him. Right. And two games in a row, we've seen the McKenney, Artur and Bentancourt. And it seems like that's where that's kind of the combination that gels at this moment. Right. Who knows? Maybe two bad games. We'll say something different. But right now, that's what's working. And you're asking Benton Kui to do simple stuff that he's pretty good at, right? You know, stopping, stopping the, the buildup of the other team and restarting simply. And what I'm noticing is with good performances, his confidence is building up. What, the thing is, he needs to maintain that confidence and be mature enough to have that resiliency to to have a bad game, but to pick himself up again and continue this consistent run. We're seeing, you know, McKenney honestly has really surprised me. We've already talked before about him. Another goal Just for him at the weekend. Another header. Additional confirmation. Pure grinta. Now I'm starting, we're starting to see a lot of like, um, you know, talk of him being like the next big big thing I, I i would cool our jets a little bit but um but then you know you have arthur who's been who's been good at, at, at keeping the ball moving in the midfield and finding those connections right so was i the only one who noticed that bentancur looked a lot better with mckenny and with arthur um because again i i think i think that's first of all first of all uh, first of all Incredible acronym for the midfield, uh, BAM, BAM, uh, su- super satisfying, very important. I mean, that's pretty good. It's, yeah. it's, 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 if that's the follow up to MVP, I mean, at least it works, you know. You, you could have, you, it's very, it's very well possible that we could have a guy whose name start with W, Z, and, and, and K, and it won't be anything, right? But yeah, very satisfying when it works out like it, like it, uh, like it did. But I don't know, man, we, we, I think I think we may have been onto something last week when we said that Bentancourt, Arthur, and McKenny need to start together. We did say that. We did say that Arthur needed to be the pivot. And we thought that. I think that what we argued was that they offered enough, enough of a, 
I guess, a wide array of skills that kind of complemented each other nicely. And if look, if we're going to play this total football style that Pirlo wants to, where the roles are super undefined, and we're not even sure if we play in a flat formation or not, at least have guys on that will, you know, that, that, that will be able to, to shoulder different responsibilities. I think it worked. It really did work, Matt. Um, I know, I know you're, you're a big McKenny fan as well. You must've been really happy uh, with, uh, with seeing how the midfield did uh, against Bologna at the weekend. Yeah. I mean, not just Bologna, but also the Napoli game coming out of the Inter game. We talked about the midfield and we talked about how we haven't seen Atua and McKenny together as much with either Benton or Rabiot and those three in, with Bentoncourt, they've clearly showed that, like you said, the skill sets kind of match well. Um, obviously, seeing McKenny just ball out is making me so happy. I'm like a proud, I'm like a proud dad watching him. Just the first American to play at Juve, and you're just and he's not only just is he succeeding, he's becoming a fan favorite. You know that uh, it was after I think it was after the Inter game, the Sport, when they did the player ratings, asked why did McKenny not start. Um, and now you have, you know, just two straight games where he's, he's shown really well. Uh, and like, like we said, his ability to be the box to box midfielder just brings so much to every end of the game, whether it's those hard tackles in the back or put, making those forward runs where sometimes he is the furthest forward, even in front of the attackers. Uh, he's just been, his, his inclusion has just been monumental. So seeing his rise this season has been so rewarding as an American fan. But yeah, this, these, these two games, we've seen cohesion in the midfield. We've seen defined roles. And I don't want to say, you know, just as the inter game wasn't the funeral, I don't want to say that everything is fixed and we're all good and be a prisoner of the moment. But it's very promising when this, the format, the formations that PLO has rolled out in the last, well, I'm not going to talk the spot game because that was a lot of kids, but in the Napoli game and the Bologna game. Looked and one thing, if I could add, because I like taking. Oh, sorry, uh, Sam. I was agreeing. Go, go, no, no, go, go on. Go, no, go on. Speak. I was just agreeing. I was just saying. Definitely. I was gonna. T- I was gonna turn it over. Oh to you. yeah, no. And and if I could add one thing, like, because I like taking like a, a few vantage points to you know to this, right? Not just, especially for some players, like not just from uh, performance on the field, but also what it might mean for Juve overall, right? You've got a young likable successful kid keeps his nose clean that we know of so far uh unlike us coming apparently. from the market unlike us yeah, apparently right coked out on um, the pod. um you know he's he, he you know he, he's part he comes from a country which is you know one of those you know we can say developing markets for the Serie A and for Juventus. And he's, there's a lot like, I think he's repped by, he's got, um, he's got a sponsorship by Adidas. We're sponsored by Adidas. I can just see all the chips falling in line for him to, for Juventus to just leverage that from a, from a commercial standpoint. And this is the kind of stuff that Agnelli was talking about, which by the way, People that get into the finance of football, there's uh, there's an article from Agnelli, who's the head of the European Club Association, saying that there's billions of loss in revenue due to the pandemic. And this is going to have an impact on a lot of things, especially transfer market, which seems to be, you know, outside of the actual games, the second most favorite part for people. So I think there's, I'm, I'm really, 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 really happy that we we nailed it so far with McKenny. I'm 
100% on him. So. Who would have thought? He's not a flair player, and yet he's... I'm not at all. He's become, he's become but, a but bad player. Not, not what you think of when you think of marketing yeah. the game in a different market. You know what I mean? Or Excuse me. That sounds redundant. In a different country, you know? In an emerging, in an emerging developing football country. It's not, it's, he's not who you think of, but I, I, I agree with you. I can definitely see the potential for and, and And let me add this. Further, further like, layer. This kid's a... This kid, kid's black. Just huge in the US because when you look at the demographics of, of who has like actual access to being able to learn and then foster their skills for football, it's not, you know, it's not kids that look like him quite often, unless they're, you know, like just, just like him, that they're, they're kids of um, individual service members that get to travel, go to Europe, get exposed to it, get, Get, actually pick up the game from uh, very well-established grass uh, grassroots soccer that's you know costs very little right so it, it's it's huge because I think it's gonna further foster the game in the United States right it's, you really, it's you really think that, that makes a difference I think yeah absolutely we're seeing include like because the, the national team is pretty is pretty diverse. It's a pretty it's a pretty. I mean, the, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and it has been for a while. It has been for a while, from what I from what I've noticed. Yes, yes. I'm not. But, you know, just, it's happened naturally, which not, makes sense, right? Just you know, it's yeah. The the national team does not it is is diverse in and of itself. Again, I'm not I'm not saying that, and I'm not saying that there are the U.S. national team is not diverse. What I'm saying is, you when you look. At a grassroots level, unless there's an involvement from some sort of, you know, club or youth system or whatever, you're not you're not really seeing like, for example, inner city kids saying, "I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play soccer." And you know, you, you I'm sorry, but you're missing out on potential talent that's all i'm saying so if if as a country of 350 million people you want to you want to win your first world cup chances are you might get you you have the best chance if you're able to build from as much talent as you can uh, as you can as you can try to bring into the fold it's just and it's my personal opinion and nothing else so you know i'm not I'm not a football expert just some okay. schmuck that not a football then, expert. He just he just he just talks about football on a podcast. Yeah, no. before, before exactly. he delves into a U.S. men's national team pod, I do say that I do want to kind of back up what you're saying though, because there has been a big, there's always been this cloud of pay to play in the United States that it's usually white suburban families that can afford to get kids into the better clubs, and so when you see kids like McKenney come up, rise up through the club, the actual formal club systems, it does send a message that you know this is a game for everyone. It also with his stance on you know. Uh, on all the things that have been happening in the United States. And he's been very, very forward with coming out about uh, ending racism and all the, the racism he's had to face. It's just a great message for, for him, you know, for someone to be, to be, be promoting. And he clearly is, is mature way above his, his ages, his age. And so, I mean, there's the on-field product that we're seeing. And then there's this off-field side of him that way that also is just, like you said, he's not from, he's not like the, the Neymar's type where he's just like, flashy partying or no, like you know looking up look at my new car look at my, my new lifestyle it's he has a message he wants to share as well and he's really really involved in in all of the uh, awareness around equality and equity in the united states so it's 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 cool to see that this is happening with 
this kind of surprise signing that we got from the, the, the summer. And again, people who people who've been following European football for a while won't be surprised that he's had success because he's 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 been pretty well established in the top flight in Germany for for some time now. And I I think I think it was I I think it was always natural that he was gonna show a, a certain level of talent with us. It was just a question of how how high his ceiling was. And what's cool is he'll be turning 23 years. He'll be turning 23 years old this year. So he's, you know, he's, he, he's a relatively young player who still has, who still has probably a little bit of upside that I think we'll, we'll, we'll be able to explore over the next couple of years. Um, exactly. Again, we, 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 we've been praising him every episode. I think with, with, with good reason, he's, he's been probably our most, I think, I think, listen, for all the talk we've had about midfield um, dilemmas, He's been the one guy who I think we've pretty much all um, consistently agreed upon as being someone who ought to start because of what he offers, not just because of how he's been playing, but because of what he offers consistently, what, what he what he's what he's been able to show so far. Um, yeah, so he, he deserves every bit of every bit of praise that, that we've given him, man. And I'm 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 hoping that he continues to play in a midfield with with Arthur and Bentancur. I will say I, I do want to talk about some other some other some other news, but it's it's funny you it's funny you mentioned soccer being a suburban sport in uh soccer you know being being so suburban in in, in the u.s because anyway I, locally listen I, I i live in a metropolis i live in a big city but it's it's definitely big here there's there's certainly a, a you know a bit of a soccer mom culture that, that you tend to see in north america but the best players here in montreal and i believe this is the case in a lot of other cities in canada which is why i would have assumed it would have been a similar situation down in the states is it's not necessarily suburban kids that are that are that are making up the majority of people that play the game at a very high level what you tend what we tend to see are especially kids from immigrant backgrounds um kind of in 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 a little bit more urban um corners of the city that tend to just develop into better technical players i don't know if because they have they have a you know they have a culture. They have a culture of football that they've kind of inherited from from their families or, or whatnot, or the fact that they're playing football in the streets um, and that kind of hones skills or in schools or whatever. I think the game is just growing among kids now, especially with media and 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 and, and FIFA and stuff. I, I think I think kids do consume a lot of football media and do want to play the game as a result. You know, that's 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 one thing I've noticed, but. You know, as long as as long as we have an American who's killing it for us, why the hell not? It's 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 a mm-hmm. bonus, and it's an and it's an Agnelli fever dream. Yeah, I want to talk about some transfers, though, guys. It is January. It feels like it feels a little. It feels a little bit like feels like a little bit of an underwhelming transfer window, almost. Then again, I mean, most of the time, January transfers are. It's I don't know. It's 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 almost a fugazi transfer window. You know what I mean? It's it's. It's uh, it's it's almost it's it's good for the news cycle, but practically you don't get, you don't get any you don't get anything that's gonna shake the earth in the month of January. Usually, having said that, we have been linked to a number of players um, who I think are bo- who I think are, are 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 very intriguing on a number of levels, um, in terms of what they would offer, but also why we might be getting them because some of them aren't necessarily players that it's clear that we obviously need maybe implies that we might be seeding some players. If not now, then in the summer more likely. And I want to get you guys, I want to get your guys takes on some of the players that we are linked to. 
Uh, obviously, Locatelli is 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 someone who we've been who we've been talking about for months now. Rumors are heating up that apparently Andrea Pirlo is very hot on him. Where do you think he would fit in to the team right now? As we're just talking about how the midfield is probably, uh, probably anywhere on for... the midfield. Honestly, I mean, anywhere in the he's, midfield at this point, you find where, where you, I think he's one of those, like, where you put him, you play, you find, figure out something to do. But, I mean, I think he's, he's, a, he's got that good mix of size and, you know, just being dynamic, right, as a, as a modern midfielder. So, if he, he just, to me, he offers you a more, he, a, a, a faster and, to me, a, a player with a better vision than Bentancur right now, at least offensively. I was thinking the same thing, totally. I think his arrival would probably um, probably lead to a little bit less responsibility for Bentancur. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Um, but I think it might be just an acknowledgement of the fact that he's, he's, fairly, he's fairly limited. He's got, he, he's got a couple of things that he does well, but... Locatelli is a lot more interesting going forward. He's a much more, he's a much more dynamic, creative player, and that's that's what any that's what any elite side needs, man. That's one thing that I, that's one thing that I think one that you can never have enough of if you want to compete, um, with the elite sides in Europe. Matt, uh, Locatelli, Locatelli's one guy who we've been linked to. Another one is just kind of out of nowhere, but uh, Donny Van Der Beek, who's really struggled at uh, Man United. And it was a big friend who's a big, a big, he's, he's obviously, he's obviously a very close friend of, of Matthias Delict. Um, kind of plays that similar role to Locatelli, maybe a little bit more dynamic offensively. What do you think? Uh, what do you think about those, those two guys kind of being linked to the club and who would you like to see uh, going forward potentially in the summer? Yeah, I, I didn't, the, the Van de Beek one, I haven't heard. So uh, that one is, is newer to me. I, Personally, haven't watched enough of him. I just know he's been considered a bust at Man U, but that's not surprising because players go there and they tend to just lose the ability to play. Um, it's like once you leave Man U, you just such you just shine. So maybe that would be great. But I, I think Locatelli um, is exactly what Juve would would go after, and I think I would put it at a very high possibility percentage chance that we get him in the summer. Uh, I think Pirlo is clearly very very high on him, and he he offers the skill set we don't have, which is really that true playmaker in the middle that that passer that can connect the, the can, can link the three the three phases of the game and I think that I don't know what that will mean for who gets to play and who doesn't I feel like the natural replacement would be to Ator would lose playing time or Bentoncourt so it, I don't but then I don't know what the combination of of midfielders would look like once Locatelli slide, slides in but I, I I'm high on Locatelli I've only watched him a few times but when I have he's shine bright so I'm a, i like him a lot i think he offers exactly what i would like to see he's really made a case for himself to be slated into the azuri setup probably going into the euro this summer definitely and I mean, um we can talk about the plethora of, of options in the midfield that italy has going from you know what, if we could have <laughs> one at our own disposal you know what i mean inter's got a couple right now yeah and, exactly yeah. but between between the old guys of Giorgino and verratti and now barella sensi zaniolo Locatelli. When did Verratti turn? When did Verratti become old, man? Holy I mean, he's shit. like, he's where still. Are like, year, where are the years gone? He's not like, like even that old, but like. 20, 28. Yeah, he's 28. He'll be, tw- yeah, he's 28. So like, he's not even that old, but like compared to the, the you know, the other guys who are all 23 and, and under. 
There are no old dogs anymore in that system. That's for sure. Yeah. We'll 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 have to discuss the Azzurri probably in the com- in the coming months. I'm I'd be more than happy to, especially as we get the three, as as we get the three paisans on the pod. But um, I I look I I I'm I'm also hot on Locatelli. He's a guy who I'd love to see who I'd love to see join. But I actually wanted to ask both of you what you thought about Nicolo uh, Nicolo Fagioli. Who's been who's been around a while? I think he made his debut a couple of years ago, and he played today against Spal. And yeah, you know, Spal are a garbage team. I get it. They're 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 playing in City at B. They were relegated last year, whatever. But he impressed me. And Max Allegri was very hot on him a couple of years ago, even though even though we never really gave him much playing time. I mean, the kids, I think he's nineteen. He'll be twenty next month. Uh, at a certain point, one thing that we tend to see as one of the one of the sides that invest the most in their youth setup. Is there, you know, we, we do a good job of bringing players through to the pro ranks, but not necessarily through to the UVA ranks. It would be nice if we can get a local kid in who, and you know, maybe it's me longing for another Claudio Marquisio, but it'd be it'd be nice if we can give a kid like him an opportunity to to get a little bit of you know to get a little bit of experience. I don't know. Do, do you guys think he has what it takes from what you've seen, or maybe on the you know, on the very small sample size of today? Because I found him very impressive, Nicolo Fagioli. Yeah, I, I found them impressive. To, to, well, let me say this because that's, I feel like it's easy to go into hyperboles here, but um, he moved well. For, for, for a kid, you know, Capitalia, like, you know, it's, a, it's, not, it's not a supremely challenging game, right? But it's also not easy. You know, it's not, it's not like, it's not something that you would, you, would, uh, you know, it's, there's no, there's no gaming games, right? So I think he moved pretty well. I could see a couple of times. So to even like the way that he, like that, that he shed his marker in the midfield with like a body movement or a feint, you know, mm-hmm. it reminded me of like some of the things that Pjanic used to do his first two to three years. And even Pirlo when he was with us. And, but low, please, to the gr- low to the ground, please, low to the ground. God, do not start saying that. Fajoli is the new Pirlo. I just said he made two to three moves that reminded me of Pirlo. If I had to Giovanni, what you, you haven't heard? You haven't heard the news? Fajoli is the new Pirlo, and Luca right. Pellegrini is the new Paolo Maldini. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah. So I think look, I think it's a it's a good strategy because again, I look at I, I enjoy Juventus as. A, as my club, you know, I grew up with them and everything, but as I grew up as a fan and you know, become an adult, I look at them as an entertainment corporation. That's exactly what they are. Sports uh, there, there, is, inter- let me finish just one second. Sports is entertainment. And as an entertainment corporation, what, what's like, what's of value to you? Your talent. If you, if you don't have to spend money, and, and a premium to go get talent from outside because you're building it internally, you control that cost. So ultimately, that's a good way for you to profit. I, I, and that's the way I see it. And then, and then we can say, we can add the romance of, yes, as a kid, he played for us and now he's captain. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. But ultimately in, the, in this fast pace. Nobody looks at anybody and nobody owes anybody anything. Hmm. World of football of nowadays, like if you can grow up for a jolly in-house, no pun intended for the Italian speakers, um, 
it, it, it's 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 probably the best solution. I didn't even realize I made a pun, but yeah, it was a good one. <laughs> there, there, there's the I was gonna say there's the there's the there's the reason we have him on again. Nono Giovanni talking about how <laughs> Juventus, listen, <laughs> Juventus is an entertainment corporation. Let's be honest. Look, I'm not even that old, motherfuckers. Look, it's just that's the way I look at it. Like, I it's it's it is what it is. It's if I mean, it's great to hold on to like, it's great to romanticize, right? But ultimately, that's what they are. Matt, do you wanna do you wanna romanticize Nicola Fagioli and compare him to Andrea Pirlo? Or yeah, I do. Yeah, similar so approach. I'm calling him the new Pirlo. So that's no, I do want to <laughs> about uh, referencing your pun though. I, I thought it was hilarious that you the UVA Twitter account tweeted out. Mr. Bean Ballin, which I just thought, like, he probably doesn't want to be called Mr. Bean, but, like, when your name's Fajoli, like... It's too yeah, late. It's, it's too, too late. late. It's too late. Uh, oh my God. But, no, he, he did have a great game. And it was funny because I tweeted out, like, Fajoli's really impressing me, and then immediately after that, he made two, like, pretty bad mistakes. And I was like, oh, I've cursed him now. Great. Uh, but he... Because he, he did... A, he had a couple bad giveaways in the, the defensive end later on in the game. But yeah, he's 19 and homegrown. He he made he sent a he posted on Instagram after uh, just about how much of like a dream this was for him. How you know, as growing up in a Juve family, this was such a big moment. Uh, and I, I, I just I we do love that homegrown talent, not only for the sake of the health of the club because it is better when your team is able to produce good players from homegrown. So you're not always looking to the transfer market. You're not always trying to just buy your your way into into success it's nice to have players coming up from the system but it's also the the passion that he has and he's clearly showing and is it's it's rewarding as a fan to see that because you you we all care we all invest our time and we want the the players to also even though it's a job for them if you've read um simon cooper's um book soccer men whatever it's called in soccernomics not soccernomics there's he has another one called uh like football men or something and it just talks about certain players one of the big takeaways is that it is a job for a lot of them, like just like anyone else. And that's why, you know, they go from club to club, but when you, when you get a homegrown player, there's something a little more special about it. And so he impressed me today. Like he said, the movements he had great. He showed, showed really good vision. He connected some great passes and he, he had the ability to kind of dribble his way out of danger. Um, so yeah, I hope that they find ways to include him going for, forward, whether it's a, you know, a game against, I don't want to say Benevento cause we tied them, but you know, whether it's a team, <laughs> exactly it's just, it's one of those games where it's like all right we they should start him against him and then we'll end up drawing them it's the purest form it's the purest it's the purest form of football you know what i mean just just not the purest form of football but it's it's, it's football at its purest you know you 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 grow up you grow up in an area start playing for your club and break in as a, as a local kid it's and 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 as a result you have you have and you know fans have an affinity to you and you have you have a commonality with them it's it's increasing it's 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 seen increasingly less but it's still it's still something that i think a lot of fans crave and and want to romanticize so let's uh yeah so why don't we just keep why don't we just keep hyping him up and i'll uh i don't know maybe maybe he'll be my new hype man uh instead of luca pellegrini since he's he's not he's not coming back anytime soon and he's also not a local, he's also a, not a local he's also not a local kid so so maybe maybe i uh, maybe we give him a number 21 jersey and he grows out a beard. Um, he'd, have, he'd have to do that. I don't even ten, know if he, do that in if ten he years after hair, winning a world. He he's doesn't. Got, he, he's got he'd like have a, to win a world cup. A first. little mop hair. Yeah, I mean, I, I was, I was, I, I'm vibing on his haircut. I think it looks good. He definitely can't grow a beard. Like he's, he's a child. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, funny enough, you guys want to hear something funny? I remember uh, uh, watching Pirlo when he started playing because he was at Inter as a, and he was a fantasista. He was like the guy in the hole behind the striker and then he went to Brescia. I, like, I, I actually liked him a lot when he was at Inter as a player and then he kind of blew up and once he kind of took a few steps back with uh, Ancelotti. But for a minute there, he was one of those like, is you know is he or is he not like that next big thing and then he just blew up and then here we are yeah it was Matsona. it was Matsona and brescia that, that moved him back a little bit it was that that, that so little he bit started, of he started and he was a madman back a little bit but then but then ultimately ancelotti was the guy nice little history lesson with nono giovanni beautiful <laughs> uh, uh i uh fuck hang on christ my mic just came unplugged Fortune and there's no way far I catches this in the edit, so it's gonna. It's we gonna need to. Make, we need to have like the crazy. like the background music when it's like technical difficulties. <laughs> TV <laughs> show cuts out yeah. like. <laughs> just start playing some melodic music to to for the listeners. There we go. Oh, we're, back. we're back. All right. Uh, speaking of speaking of young kids uh, at Juve, we are also rumored. This is the last one that I kind of want to bring up because every other rumor are are are. are I mean, they're they're they're, they're, pre- they're pretty much concerning players that I think are 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 going are going elsewhere, staying where they are. I'm thinking Alaba. I'm thinking Ramos, both of whom we've been linked to. I think both are going to wind up at Madrid next year. Apparently, PSG too much money, Ramos, too. too much yeah. money. It's not it's not happening. Yeah, I'd rather focus on younger players if we're going to get someone like Alaba. I mean, he's proven, but not that he's old by any stretch of the imagination. But I'd rather you know if you're going to get someone in their prime. Make it someone who's going to have a little bit more of a, an impact in, in, in a position up top, perhaps. Um, having said that, I think in any position, virtually any position, I'd rather get someone that's younger and pre-prime. Um, I think that's a much more sustainable way of doing things. And um, yeah, to that effect, enter Gianluca Scamacca, who we are rumored, uh, who we are rumored to be uh, looking to purchase for 22 million euro. He's currently on loan at Genoa from Sassuolo. He's had an excellent season to date. He's also got a, 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 an, a, an astounding number of tattoos uh, all the way up his neck. I mean, the guy's 20, I think he's 22 years old and he's had them since he was like 19. I mean, just, just, ima- just imagine, imagine having a full, your full body covered in tattoos. Talk about, you know what? I like that kind of commitment. He's all in with his football career and he, he, know, he knows that it's football or nothing. I think he'll. I think he he was born to do this. He was born to be a star at a at a club like Juve. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have actually seen him play enough. I think he's. It'd be a bit of a wild purchase for us on on the basis of the fact that he's not really someone who you'd think of as 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 being super impactful yet. Having said that, he's done pretty well in City A right now in his first full season in City A. He's been playing first team football for a while. I think he was he was at Ascoli in City B and had a pretty good amount of success there, but I don't know. You, you, you would think that we might go for someone that might have kind of established himself a little bit more, but you got to see the upside as well. Uh, have you guys seen him play at all? And what are your thoughts on him? I cannot say that I have seen him play or if I have, I, he didn't stand out enough to me that made me want to immediately sign him. So yeah, I, I heard we were linked to him and I actually was like, who? And yeah. So whatever like appreciate, appreciate the honesty <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll vouch for him i'll vouch for him as as a as an interesting as an interesting purchase um you know 20 million a few years ago i mean i, I, guess, I guess the market nowadays purchase 
I mean, is 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 I mean, is he the guy that we want to invest twenty million? And I'd rather I'd rather honestly pocket that twenty million and cobble it together with another twenty million and go get somebody else that I know. I'm like, yes, for sure, this guy. Not oh yes, Kamaka maybe potential. He's what 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 was the adjective you used? Two seconds ago for for him as a transfer, I I don't even remember. But like that, just roll, roll back the tapes. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I look either way. Like I'm, yeah, I don't said a few things. Could he blow up? Sure, but it, it's like uh, what's it called? Uh, roulette. That's like might as well be like gambling. I I don't know. I don't know enough about him to 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 say anything one way or another. The only thing I know is that with, you know, the kind of situation that we've seen with the transfer market where somebody is like doing these inflated um, player transfers with exchanges and stuff like that. I, is it, is it worth it to go tie up money and somebody that you're just doing to, to add depth today? Or, I, or does you really believe in this guy? I, again, I'd rather I go get him than than a Jekyll at thirty. Fair enough. Thirty-four. Fair enough. But but the but the but the assumption was deck with Deco was different, and you also knew that he was a two-year solution. I'm just saying, um, I'm just saying that uh, again. Do we want to go spend that twenty million, or do you want to add it to fifty million and you go carry Holland from Dortmund again? But you know, twenty million is a drop in the bucket for how much Holland would cost, right? So, so yeah, I, 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 no, I, hear, I just told I hear you how you. much just... you have to add to it. Like you know what the rumors are. We're all talking transfer market rumors. You know what the I rumor mean, is? Cash and carry seventy-five million at Dortmund. Plain and simple. You just got to pay Rayola, and you got to pay Holland uh, uh, what Rayola wants. Wants. When whoever did you say seventy five million would be enough to secure Erling Haaland? Is that what you? Because I, I I totally yes, missed especially that. in this depressed economy. That I would have thought it would have been way north of a hundred million. To be honest with but you, there's no money. There's no cash. No, I, no I I guess yeah. So you know you can you can't squeeze water out of stone. So if the if the economy tells you that. You, you, Borussia Dortmund, you cannot sell Holland for more than 75 million, which is whatever seems to have been baked into the contract, right? Rumors, this is just rumors. Even more so with, with, a, with, a, with a depressed economical situation for these clubs, nobody's going to show up cash and, and, and take Holland. It's not, or rather, very few teams can do that. Maybe, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Look, look. I, I, I hear you. I think, I think since the summer, since the summer, we've been rumored to be looking to get an additional forward to kind of like back up Morata, kind of like a number nine, which is why we were rumored to be looking to bring back Moise Kian, who's not really a traditional number nine that like like Alvaro Morata is or like like, like Gianluca Scamacca is. But you know, he was someone who we were rumored to be going out and getting. He actually would have been a little bit more interesting. He's a year younger than Scamacca, and um, I think is more proven. He's had a ton of success at PSG since he was loaned there by by Everton, but. I don't know. I, I I actually I actually I think I probably over blue Skamaka's numbers this year. I actually I actually just checked. He only has four goals uh, in in all competitions, including the Coppa Italia. But he scored two goals in the Coppa, and I think he had like a couple of consecutive games in Serie A during which he scored over like a couple of weeks. So I probably just <laughs> I probably just assumed that 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 trend was 
was still rolling and that he was still uh, that he was still um, that he was still rolling hot. But he he is a he really is a he really is a number nine who would probably just be like the backup to Morata and Milan have Milan have actually been looking to get him too um, for a number of weeks now. It looks like we have the upper hand, but apparently they wanted to bring him in to kind of be Zlatan's understudy. Look, it, it's I, I think it's important to bring it up because it seems like we're very close to being. Uh, in a position to secure the deal. He, he's currently owned by Sassuolo. We have very good relations with them. Uh, as I understand it, I think he would be brought in for the second half of the year, so his loan would be terminated at Genoa, and we would then take over his ownership. So, again, uh, remains to be seen. I don't know how impactful he'd be, but it looks like he may very well be arriving in the next couple of days, and I don't know that there's going to be any other transfer activity in the winter uh, to date. So, I guess we'll see, gents. I guess we'll see. Uh, Giovanni, you had a question on Twitter that uh, I think we wanted to get to. I know we posted it a little bit later, but I know we did get a little bit of action. Um, yeah, my bad. It's no so. problem. Well, while you pull that up, uh, buddy, I wanted to ask uh, Matt real quick if you saw. Uh, did you see that? <laughs> did you see that? Apparently, Cristiano Ronaldo refused a sponsorship deal to be the face of Saudi tourism for six million euro a year. I did not see that. No, that's incredible. Uh, because probably public relations people were like, "Do not touch that." With I was so happy to see that, and we ha- we have a ton of we have a ton of Saudi listeners too. So so sorry, but I don't know. It, let's put it this way: from a risk benefit analysis, somebody in his entourage was like, six million versus the potential loss of X amount of other." revenue so again ultimately it's probably not personal it's probably just has to do with money however something to consider i thought it was cool because so many it feels like so many of the cristiano fans on twitter who who by the way just fully went silent today didn't even tune in didn't even tune into the game because he was rested they're all just they're all just like like half of them half of them are from like the UAE or from Saudi Arabia, which is just, just, just alleged kind of, kind of, kind of funny that kind of funny that he basically said, sorry, I want nothing to do with you guys. Um, but yeah, I actually don't have the stats in front of me right now, but I know that uh, I know I know only far, only far had has access to those, but I know that, I know that, I know that we do, we actually tend to do pretty well in, uh, in the middle East. So, so much love to you all. Sorry that, uh, sorry that you're uh, sorry that your boy Cristiano doesn't love you as much as we do. Uh, Giovanni, do you have the, uh, do you have the tweet ready? We actually have two. Um, I pulled up. Sorry. Okay. Boom. Rock and roll. Got them ready. Is actually one, two, two questions. So we're good to go. Let's get to them. All right. So this one's from Yogi. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon to you. He says, Sam, hello. Hope you're doing well. Personal shout out to you. Um, So some people said Chiesa was Paratici's worst signing. What do you have to say to those guys? And two, how good for our future slash youth program is that? Is it that Pirlo is placing so much fate in these young players? Twofer. Yeah, I mean, to the people who said he's the worst signing, they're wrong. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of early to say that. Who's saying yeah. that? Who's saying that? I, I don't. People. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, yeah, but. Right, he's not wrong early on early on people were a little critical of how much we spent on him i think people thought the verdict was out i was critical of the fact that this is I, I i i i the verdict was definitely out in the beginning i i thought there was definitely a lot of a lot of hype around him and the fact that he was young and italian and italians like seeing young italians sign for 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 for, for you it makes sense 
but I think there was, there was definitely a little bit of caution around his signing, but he's, I think he's proven to be a, a very, a very capable player at this level. So we wanted more consistency and more, uh, and we wanted him to be more concrete so far. So good. Again, keep it going. And, and, and only good things will come of your career, Mr. Kiesa. So. Yeah, I, I think I think with with a lot of the people early on too, it's it's like we talked about. It's prisoner of the moment. You know, he had a few bad games. He got the red card early on. You're gonna start, and like you said, the, the price tag was high. Fiorentina definitely bloated that price tag. Like he was probably not worth that amount of money, but it is what it is. And so far, I mean, I've liked having him. I liked what he brings to the table. Is he's we talked about it after the Milan game that he's clearly the relief of not having to be the guy is letting him shine brighter and be more clinical and get some open for more shots. He's come up, he's, he's come up well in big moments too. If exactly. you recall in the champions league, he's had a couple of really solid performances. I'd argue that he probably is worth the amount we paid just because that's what people like him go for nowadays. I get that. It'd be frustrating when you find out that a guy like Callum might've been available for 75 million in the summer. It might be available for 75 million now because there's a little less money in the game. Than there would have been a couple of years ago in the transfer market, but that's what you got to pay for a player who's, proven who's, who's who's a consistent starter for his national team now and who's under 23 years old he was 22 when he signed when we signed him uh, yeah i don't know i'm happy i'm happy with the signing i'm, I'm I, I find him super exciting the second part of the question giovanni was is it encouraging that um Pidlo has been using the youth players? players for and so yeah and and i think he was trying to make a connection like you know draguzin frabotta yeah yeah, Frabotta, you know, Fajali, Dragusin, and a few of the others that he's been uh, playing in Coppa Italia. And, 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 and I guess um, just to kind of connect it to, uh, to one topic um, when we kicked off the podcast, I hope, uh, I, I hope Pirlo sticks with playing, you know, these, the, the youth guys uh, against, against Inter. Maybe mix it up a little bit more, but still don't don't completely pull the plug because I think he's got something good going, and I think it will provide number one a good uh, a good show of Pirlo's faith in them, and it's a good test. It's some it's like it's a trial by fire, and you see and then and you see who rises to the top. Hope you know yeah. that that's the best case scenario, regardless of the result. You know very well that. He's not going to play youth players, though. He's not going to rotate this. He'll play young players, you know, like Kuluzevsky might play, but he's a he's a young player who's who's who's, a, bona, he's who's a bona fide. I don't know, I, you know, Frabot, Frabotta's a first team player now, right? I, so no, I, I, don't, I don't know. The, I meant the, I meant Dragusin. I meant. I doubt it. Like, I doubt uh, it. I don't. I don't think he can afford Charlie to. Again. I think it's too important to tie. I think he understands that. I think he. I think fair he, enough. You, yeah, I think, fair I think enough. He, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised. Yeah. Let's let's see. But I certainly don't think Antonio Conte is going to do that. Antonio Conte is stubborn as hell, and you know he goes into every game against Juve and now looking to eat them for lunch, which is understandable. I I don't. You know what would be really funny is if they if they could just collude and you know sit down over a glass of wine together and say, listen, uh, what do you say, a gentlemen's agreement? We both uh, we we both give everyone a rest. But you know, uh, I don't know. In an ideal world. Yeah, I think with Frabotta and Dragusin, we're not going to see them as much unless they they're needed. Frabotta gets to play more because we're we're not we're not that deep on the on the wings. So, you know, with Sandro out, we he was really the only 
the only person that could fill that position, then Danilo can, can, can kind of play it too. Uh, so we, I mean, but he was terrible against Inter. He got, got smoked and that's, that's not a critique of him as a player, like in, in, in a bad game set, he had a bad game and he was, he was playing in Serie C last year. Like then he went up against Hakimi and Barella, who are two of the best players in the league right now. So like, you know, that's, I mean, the entire team played like shit too. So yeah, So just, yeah, but I, I'm with you. I love, I love the fact that we're seeing, even if the, I mean, Fabato got to play the first game of the season. And I, I think I texted my friend, I'm like, who's Fabato? Like, it sounds like an Italian cookie company. Like, but what is this? And he played well in that Sampdoria game. So maybe that's the type of games we get more of those players in where it's a bottom of the table team. I know, like I said earlier, we've, we've dropped some points against them, but I do hope that we get to continue to see this for, and not just for Juve, but also for the national team because getting young Italians to play, Top, top games has always been the problem and so it's nice and Chiesa is now the sort of the, the poster boy for that because he gets to start in the Champions League voila by the way thank you to uh thank you to Yogi for uh for saying hi to me I think I think he was doing that because a couple of weeks ago I think I believe this gentleman uh, was that new year I think he, yeah, yeah I, I think he said happy new year to everyone but me or something and I and I and I and I, I felt I felt bad I felt bad because I think he, he apologized on Twitter like he thought I was serious or whatever anyway hi Yogi um Anyway, so second one, second, second question. Um, and this one kind of links to your last topic of transfers. Um, so this is from Pete Fry. Is it just me? And then, you know, he says it probably is just me, but would Andrea Bellotti be a decent signing in the summer, especially if Torino get relegated and we get him cheap? Not sure why we're prioritizing a striker right now, to be honest. Skamaka doesn't seem that special. I, I don't necessarily disagree with him on both points. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, to be honest, not thinking, I, 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 mm. I never thought of Balotti as an option, but I wouldn't mind him. Yeah, they'll, I, probably, they'll probably look to sell to anyone but us if they do go down. That's exactly what I was about to say is that I don't think we'll get Bologna just because Torino won't want to sell to us. But, I mean, I actually am hoping that Torino gets relegated for Bologna's sake. He needs to go to a better team. He is, I, I applaud the, the loyalty and, you know, good on him for wanting to stay there. Their fans he, love him. He has probably wasted his best years playing there where oh, he should have been at. It's 27. He's 27, yeah, 93. Right sweet spot of the career, but exactly. He's got, so another, he needs, he's got another five, six years at the top level scoring. He needs scoring. to be at a team that's at least playing in Europe. And and I would I mean obviously I would take him. I don't know if he would get enough playing time. He's not starting at you. Exactly. He, so, would, he would be part of the rotation, though. I don't think he's just gonna nowadays, too, with so many with so many games, and I don't again, I don't think. Let's still say, let's just, you know, assume the current world situation. We're still dealing with like a pandemic. I'm not, it, once that changes, maybe it's a different story, but I'm seeing like a high rate of turnover, very high rate of turnover the, the past two years than I've seen in any years past, right? Before you just used to see the same block of nine players, 10 players, maybe with the, including the goalkeeper. And then there's, you always like switch one or two, one or two, one or two. But now it's like three people changed and five. It just depends on like 
who's available, who's not quarantining, who's not injured, who's not suspended. It's yeah, you he would find playing time. Well, I I think I I, th- I think I think it's not really clear what his level is because he could definitely cut it at any team in Italy for sure. But I don't know that. See, so so. I don't know where he goes. I don't know where he goes. I don't know where he goes if he doesn't come to us. Maybe like a Roma. A Roma would make sense. That'd probably be like the best level for him because I don't think he goes to the Premier League or like goes abroad. I think he's like that, no, I, that I, type I, I, that that would struggle. And you know, I think he he's got to stay within the league. Is what I think. I I'd be very I'd be very uh, if I were his agent, I'd be very I'd be very reluctant to 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 you know secure a transfer for him abroad. Um, no. I don't know. Just, just based on the track record of guys like him and how they might have done abroad. Yeah, I, I think he ends up at a team like Roma or Napoli. Both have def- who have strikers that need to, that are on their way out, and that makes he, sense. He could fill in there nicely, and he would get significant playing time. So, how about I, at Atalanta? I don't think it'll happen. That would be a great uh, place for him. I but think, that'd but, be that would. But not why be, wouldn't that be? Well, well, I, mean, I mean, I'm just saying, like for him, like that's a great team to be part of. Oh, oh, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. Yeah, they're they're electric. I don't know. Just, just, it's, it's okay. We're we're you've podcast, and we're just kind of like we're just kind of we're we're doing what we're supposed to do. We're 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 we're, we're dummying Torino right now, just talking about what's better for their captain and best player of the past few years. I know we don't have as much disdain for Torino as people outside of the city, but I think we got to we got to just give them a little nod as a big as a big rival of the club. And yeah, we 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 got we got to pay them we got to pay them due disrespect and uh, and and just and just sandbag them like that and talk yeah, about as- how they're. How their how their their best players just being completely dragged down, having his career wasted away with them, with the gran with the granata. So I mean, listen, I, I, as much as I love beating them every year and just always, you know, Torino being black and white, for his sake and for the national team's sake, get him out of Torino, and that probably will only happen if they get relegated. So fine, bounce cool. that, bounce them down. Again, uh, listeners, get at us. On Twitter at Juve Podcast, I am at Calcio Podcast at Matt Coco with two C's. We'll see if Farhad could spell it correctly this time on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> love you, Farhad. Uh, Giovanni at Joter and Giants. Again, we posted the um, the Q and A the Q and A tweet a little bit late today, like I think a few yeah, minutes before just bad, starting bad. podcasting. So it's so sorry we we uh, we uh, we we didn't quite think to, but definitely do uh, follow us on all platforms. And um, again. Uh, also on Instagram at Turin Giants, of course, TurinGiants.com. Check out the website. But yeah, definitely do keep sending in your questions. Thanks to anyone who uh, did get a couple of questions in before we got going. And guys, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this this week. Farhad sent me a message earlier saying that he wanted to just just point out. If you, so if you've listened to this all the way through, obviously you're you're probably a big Farhad fan. You're probably you're probably uh, you're probably in uh, you're probably in in uh, in withdrawal uh, over over the fact that you haven't heard his. His his smooth uh his his smooth silky voice the past couple of weeks he says he misses you he said he just needed this little break but he says he misses everyone and he's enjoyed listening to uh, what it is we're doing so um let's uh let's look forward to uh, the next couple of weeks number of big matches ahead obviously Sampdori on the weekend is probably the, the 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 least of those big fixtures we've got Inter already in a week and then Roma Napoli Champions League coming right up we've got the extra game in hand against Napoli coming up any 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 week now not really sure but a lot to look forward to for sure and let's uh let's kind of carry this optimism into the coming weeks uh, including you Nono Giovanni uh yeah no i mean i am optimist i think we it, kid again, we kid keep 
keep keep keep the good work going guys that's that's all that's all i ask that's all i'm asking of this team and that's it everything else will it will work out because you're starting to see it and i think it's just a matter of that everything connecting and connecting consistently I think Boom. I think the word I think the word of the year is consistency. Yeah, we you've said or lack there or lack thereof or lack thereof. Listen, we're, so, we're 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 about to find out really where this team is at with this schedule coming up. This is going to be the next two weeks. That's really going to be the match. No choice, man. It's baptism by fire. So in two weeks' time, we'll know where we are. Yeah, we'll know. We'll know. We'll know if there's a shot or not. So, mm-hmm. uh, Matt, thanks for uh, thanks for taking part, buddy. Giovanni, always, always a pleasure. And listeners, until next time, fino alla fine e forza Juve.